Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello, and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today, I'm sitting down with Mark Podolsky. Mark, how are you doing today? RJ, pulse is normal. Respiration's fine. I'm really excited and honored and humbled to be on the Titanium Vault. Well, there you go. You're, you're taking the words out of my mouth because I'm the one that's honored and, and humbled to have you on. So uh, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do in real estate investing? Sure, sure. So... Um, you know, basically in, in 2000, I was a investment banker and I was specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups, you know, mid-market stuff, uh, five to 500 million in enterprise value. And RJ, uh, I hated it. I had a, a 45 minute commute to work and back. Uh, I was micromanaged. It was long hours. It was high pressure. And I had no control uh, over these deals. And that's like the worst feeling too. And so it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy. And he's telling me that on the side, like a little side hustle, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's flipping them online. Again, this is 2000. And he's making a 300% return on his investment. So RJ, I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Average company is 10%, and I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So I don't believe him, and I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he says. I buy up 10 half-acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I put them online. They all sell for an average price of $1,200 each cash. It worked 300%. <laughs> so I took all that money. I went to another tax deed auction in Arizona. Again, 2000. No one's in the room. I'm buying up lots, acreage left and right for nothing. And over the next six months, I sold all that land and I made over $92,000 cash. So I said to my wife, I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to invest in land full time. And she said, absolutely not. She was pregnant at the time. I said, okay. <laughs> so I worked part time on the land investing business for about 18 months until the land investing income exceeded the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full time ever since. I've done over 5,200 land flips. And um, the way that I do it is a little bit unique, which um, I'm really excited to share with you. Yes, yeah, so let's go back to the the part where you talk about you were miserable in your job because you know, this was one of those situations when I got started in the real estate investing, I was already an entrepreneur and I had a general contracting business and all of my friends and family were very concerned when I started talking about, I'm going to go into real estate investing. 
And the reason why they were concerned is because I had put off this fake persona that I was so happy with my current business. And that was just because I was posting pictures on Facebook and I was like, hey, look at this beautiful kitchen I did or this beautiful bathroom. And they were actually concerned that I was making a mistake in my life. Outside of your wife, did you have anybody in your in your inner circle that was concerned when you wanted to make that change because they viewed you as a successful businessman in, in the business or, or in the career that you had? You know, it's so funny because now that I think about it, nobody encouraged me to quit my job. Right. Not one friend. Uh, my parents were scared to death mm-hmm. um, for my security, for my family's security. My in-laws were scared to death. And, you know, from an ego standpoint, telling people that you work in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups sounds really good, right? Like that's right. the best part of that job is going to a party and telling people what you do. Right. Everything else in between is miserable. <laughs> and And so, yeah, I mean... I think ultimately what really helped me was, and it's kind of funny to say it now, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. reading that helped motivate me. And I kind of was like, okay, um, I only live once, right? I, I mean, let me just try this. What's the worst case scenario? And I remember having this conversation with my wife, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing we can ha- that can happen is that we own raw land. It's an asset. Right. right. Maybe I could barter with my dentist and get free dentistry for a year, or I could barter with the the barber and get free haircuts for a year. Um, we're not going to get stuck with this land, and even if we do, well, let's. It's not that bad. It's like, you know, it's asset. I'm not filling up the garage with a bunch of Amway vitamins. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. And then the other thing was, I'm already really unhappy, you know, and have no purpose with my life. Like, okay, I'll get another job if, if the land investing doesn't work out. And that was kind of what the plan was. And I sort of convinced everybody, look, I'm not crazy. Um, I'm not irresponsible. I, I get that, you know, this looks risky, but I think it's riskier living the way I'm living. I'm going to have a heart attack from stress in about five years. So it's, you know, it's either dead mark or live mark. <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> It's funny you say that, though, because I experienced the same thing. Like nobody thought I was making the right decision. Everybody thought that this was going to be a terrible decision and it was going to have this negative impact on my family. And at the end of the day, nobody truly understood how miserable I was. Even though I even owned my own business, it was not the career path that I was supposed to be going down. And I had almost created myself another job. Like I left the job so I could be my own boss. And then I created another job that I hated. And, and it was just, everybody was telling me, you know, be careful. And, and what I've come to realize is, is that if you're experiencing those same things and you want to get into either, you know, wholesaling or flipping or even buying raw land, like you are, whatever different path that you want to take, you need to surround yourself that with people that have already done that and have achieved success in those different worlds so you can create your own support group within that industry. And and I see that nowadays, unfortunately for you, this was before social media really took off, but nowadays on Facebook, 
there's so many Facebook groups that you can get on there and be around people that really, truly like lift each other up. And, and the more experienced people share their stories and their experiences and it, it helps people get started. And so, uh, for anybody, you know, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but before we went too far in the interview, I just kind of wanted to touch base on that because I think that's vitally important for people that want to get started. So once you made that decision to go full time in the, into investing in the land, um, where did you go? How did you start creating an actual business for yourself? So, you know, for the longest time from, let's say, 2001 to about 2010, I was just flipping land for cash. And I mean, you know how it was from 2001 to 2008, right? Mm -hmm. Like anyone could have made money in real estate. And, um, and so I was, I was making, you know, a lot of money and what I did was really dumb because, you know, having no experience in a real estate cycle or an economic cycle, I, I let Parkinson's law of money take hold. So, you know, Parkinson's law of time, time will fill to, uh, or, you know, work will fill to the time allotted. So if you give yourself a week to complete a project, it'll take a week. Take that same project and give yourself three days. It'll take three days. Well, I was doing the same thing with money. So the more money I made, the more money I spent um, trying to feel like, oh, now I'm a success. And ultimately what happened was I, uh, <laughs> I created a, a terrible mess for myself and my family and took a huge hit to the ego, which really in 2010, so in my raw land niche, we're on like the... The t you know the tail of, of uh, real estate, right? Let's say commercial residential are the he is the head. Mm -hmm. um, we're the long tail, so I didn't really get hit till 2010, um, and we didn't recover till you know maybe 2014 while other people were recovering. And so, essentially, it wasn't until about 2010 I really started treating it like a business, putting systems into place, delegating, automating, and and really start doing the model that I do now, which is, which is more owner financing, making the land cash flow as opposed to starting, you know, from day one again after a flip. So, you know, basically today, you know, the way that I, I work my model is, so RJ, where do you live? I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. You're in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. So you're in Fort Worth, Texas. And let's just say, for example, you have a 40 acre parcel in Nevada that owes $200 in back taxes. So I go to the county treasurer. I'm like, oh my gosh, RJ Bates lives in Texas and owes $200 in back taxes on this land in Nevada. So you're advertising two things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land and because you don't live there. You're, it's right. not like you're visiting it all the time. Number two, you're distressed in some way. When we don't value something anymore, we don't pay for it. And you owe back taxes. So I don't know what's going on with you, but something's going on. And so what I'll do is I'll look at the last 12 to 18 months of comparable sales in that area. And let's just say for our purposes, that 40-acre parcel is selling for $10,000 um, retail. All I'm going to do is divide by four. And that gets me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So the most I'm going to pay for your 40 acres, RJ, is $2,500. So I'm not like the housing guys where I say I'm interested in buying your house. And they're like, I'm interested in selling my house and I'm in the appraisal business all day long. 
I'm, I'm actually giving you an, an actual offer on that raw land. My response rate on that is three to 5% except that quote unquote top dollar offer of 25 cents on the dollar. So now you accept that offer because $2,500 is better than nothing. And you know, you're going to lose the property to, to a tax uh, deed uh, sale or tax lien investor. And so you accept. And now I go through due diligence or, or you know, in-depth research. I want to make sure, number one, you actually own the property. Number two, uh, back taxes are only $200. The back taxes aren't going to kill my margin. Number three, there's no HOAs or code enforcement issues. Uh, number four, there's no breaks in the chain of title and on and on and on, right? We got a checklist. And so everything checks out. And now I'm going to buy your property for $2,500. And the way I'm going to sell it, I'm going to sell it in 30 days or less. RJ, do you know who's going to buy that property right away? I do not. I got not. a best, best built-in buyer. Who's that? The neighbors. The no, neighbors. There you go. The neighbors. Yeah. So I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, look, before I go to the open market, protect your privacy, expand your holdings, protect your views. And so oftentimes the neighbors will buy it for $10,000. So what I'll do then is I'm going to say, okay, look, the price is $10,000. You're going to put $2,500 as a down payment. So I'm going to get my money out on the down payment or let's say within six months of that down payment. Right. And now I'm going to make it a car payment. Let's say $449 a month at 9% interest over the next eight years. So what I've done is I've created a passive income stream of $449 a month, and I don't have to deal with any renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. And because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, the SAFE Act, and RESPA, or any of this onerous real estate legislation. And that's basically the model. So the game that we play then is can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses and then we're working because we want to, not because we have to. And that's the model. I love that. So when you're reaching out to the neighbors, are you are you sending them direct mail? Are you cold calling them? How are you contacting them? So we're going to get – uh, the addresses via the internet, like right. GIS maps, or so we're going to send direct mail. Gotcha. And when you there, there, there's something there's something that I think there's more gravity, there's more weight to a mailer than there's a phone call. And no one picks up the phone today, anyways. That is true. That is true. So when when you find when you locate the the tax delinquent land, you're also how are you con direct mail as well? Direct mail, yeah. So all of your marketing you're doing is direct mail, and that's how you're finding these. And well, not not all of it. So let's say, for example, in our in our illustration, mm -hmm. that your 40 acres, the, the neighbors pass on the deal. Well, then I'm going to go to my buyers list, right? These people that have opted in for something of value. We teach them how to be better land investors, and we send them deals of the week. So oftentimes the the buyers list. We'll buy it. If the buyer's list passes, then we'll go to a little website you probably never heard of called Craigslist. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll automate. We can put out about 120 ads by pressing a button. And so we'll automate that on Craigslist. Then we'll go to Facebook buy sell groups. And then we'll go to um, like landmodo.com, landsofamerica.com. Um, there's a bunch of land websites that help you sell raw land. And so within 30 days, if my pricing is right, it should be irresistible for a land buyer 
and we make it really easy for them to buy that property. And you don't care where the location is, like what state it's in or what city or anything like that. You'll buy these nationwide, correct? Well, I mean, nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd really like some raw land in Iowa today, right? right? But, you know, unless you live in Iowa. But if you live in Florida, or, you know, if you like Florida, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, uh, California, Texas, Arizona, uh, Oregon, Washington. So the Southwest, the West, a little bit in the Northwest and Florida, your sunshine states. These are fast growing states. Um, these are states with lots of inexpensive raw land. That's really where we focus. So we want the biggest buyer pool possible. And we also want the biggest pool of uh, options to buy raw land um, at an inexpensive price as well. So that's why we focus on those areas. I mean, yeah, I could do infill lots in New York City in Manhattan, but no one's going to sell me their infill lot for $5 million if it's worth, uh, you know, $10 million. They're going to go right. to the biggest, baddest, you know, land broker in town. They're not going to sell it to me 25 cents on the dollar. Right. So when you're, when you're looking at these lots, are you trying to target areas where you're seeing new development or are you, it, does it not really matter what's happening around the lot? I mean, it doesn't really matter um, what's going on around the lot. So there's a pig for every barn. And oftentimes, you don't realize it unless you're in this niche. There's a lust for raw land in this country. And you'd be surprised the people, what they do with it, uh, you know, with their imaginations. Um, a good example of this is I made a mistake in due diligence. And I bought property in New Mexico, about 40 acres, uh, you know, about... I would say 25 of those acres were on the side of a mountain, inaccessible, right? <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, no one's going to buy this land. I mean, it's on the side of a mountain. And there's nothing you can do there. Uh, there's no utilities. You know, just to, to hit water, you're going to have to go 1,000 feet. The, the well is going to cost more than the land. So I put it up on eBay, and I set it as a minimum bit of a dollar with a uh, $4.99 dock fee. And I thought, well... You know, if someone bids a dollar, I lose two grand on the deal, and I learned a lesson. Well, the first day it got bid up to twenty five hundred dollars. By the tenth day, it was up to thirty two thousand five hundred dollars, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my wow. gosh, this this person's gonna buy it. They're gonna be so mad at me. They realize, you know, it's on the side of a mountain. So as soon as the, the winning bidder gets it, I I call him up. I'm like, hey, you realize like thirty, you know, twenty five of these acres are like inaccessible. It's on the side of a mountain. He's like, it's perfect. And he was a, uh, a film director in L.A. And he wanted to go out there and film, but he didn't want to deal with permits. So he bought the raw land. And for him, that was like a bargain. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I, 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 while you were telling the story, I was like, I, I'm trying to figure out what it's going to be. Is it going to be like someone that opens up a rock climbing business or <laughs> well, what's going to be the right, need right. for needing that side of a mountain? But, uh, I did not see film director coming, but that's, that's pretty interesting. So on that one, you, you said you, you know, you were fearful of losing 2000. So you bought that for 2000 and it got marked all the way up to 30 plus. Yeah. I mean, I bought it for 2,500. I thought, well, right. if someone bids a dollar. Plus my doc fee, I get five hundred out of it. Right. I only lose two grand. That's that's incredible. So, is that pretty common in New Mexico to be able to buy that much acreage for for twenty five hundred? Because what you said that was like thirty acres, thirty five acres, or something like that. That was forty acres. I mean, 40. you'd be surprised. Like, 
Um, it's it's a weird business because it's you know with raw land it's a very inefficient market. Nobody knows what it's worth, right? right. It's pretty much what buyer and sellers say it is. So it can be. I mean, I Jeff Axton just bought uh, a 640 acre parcel for 15 grand, and he flipped it for 150. So wow. you know, is that common? No, but it happens. Right. Um, it's it's just weird. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So th this is you know I've done some raw land myself, but it, it's been very much on like the wholesale side of things, and and it was near other developing that was going on, and so there's I kind of already had built the bridge for my buyers when we took it down ourselves. We we knew a, a proper exit strategy. We weren't taking it down and then. Um, doing what you're doing, which is basically, you know, buying the land at a discount. We were just buying the land and, and creating the deal with what the, our exit strategy plan was. Either this is what you can develop on it or this, you know, townhomes or condos or this kind of single family development, things along those lines. So a little bit of a different way in it, but this is um, incredibly intriguing to me um so you talk about your buyers list that you've built up and and through people that you kind of add value it, it sounds like you you kind of teach them about land investing so why don't you talk about that a little bit yeah i mean oftentimes we'll find people that like our model are you know very engineering based because we're 90 percent automated now with software and so it's you know those people that you know, want a side hustle and um, can work, you know, work part time. This is a great model for them. And it's, it's really just a great model for anybody that wants passive income. That's not like you, right? Like, like I can't change a light bulb. Like if I were like you, I would do, I would do houses. Like if I had the ability to go in and, and improve a house and make it look better, I would do it. Like that's phenomenal. But like for me, I just, I just like being geeky and sitting in front of my computer and doing a bunch of automation pieces. And um, and so it works really well for me. So, you know, we're, we act as the Sherpa going up that, that land investing model uh, and that niche and helping people every step of the way climb the mountain without freezing to death uh, or, or dying because, you know, they didn't know what they didn't know. So the coaching has been really gratifying for me because we've seen so many people, you know, their lives literally change like, you know, I, I mean, I want to go on and on, but, you know, like I got a, uh, an email last week from uh, one of my clients saying he was able to quit his job and him and his wife are moving and they're so excited and thank you so much because their passive income now exceeds their fixed expenses and they, he was able to quit his job and, you know, another client, his, he was able to retire his spouse so she could stay home with the kids because, that that side income really starts to build pretty quickly as you as you build up your your note portfolio. Absolutely. So when you when you teach your students to take down the properties themselves, it sounds like because the land itself is so affordable, they can do that, which is a a vast difference compared to like even single family where you're still having to either raise private capital or, or come up with some version of cash yourself to take down the property. But on these land, it's so cheap, they should be able to afford the parcel itself just with their own cash. Is that kind of the model there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, one of our 
client is uh, he does uh, wholesaling with uh, houses. Right. And so he actually locked up a $30,000 land parcel and he didn't know he didn't have $30,000. So he just assigned the contract. He sold it for a hundred thousand and um, because it was worth 130. So, you know, he, he did that same exact model um, with housing with, with raw land and, and was super happy. So, you know, you don't need private money. Um, well, I had a client, he had no money, right? Just, right. <laughs> and so he tells his seller, it's going to take him 90 days to do due diligence. And then he's going to close on the deal. Well, it doesn't take 90 days to do due diligence. It takes two days. And because there's no competition, I mean, you know, you're not going to go to HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land. It's, it's just this geeky guy in front of his computer. It's like, the, the least interesting real estate niche ever. So, you know, the seller's like, okay, I'll wait 90 days. So what he did was he sent out his neighbor letters and the neighbor then, he did a, just a dual closing. The neighbor did the, paid for it and he made like eight grand cash just yep. with an infinite ROI just by sending out letters. So you don't, you know, in real estate, usually it's all about the deal. We make our money on the buy. You, you know, you, you lock up any asset, 25 cents on the dollar, there's someone else on the other end of that deal. You'll get the money. Absolutely. Um, this is, uh, you, you know, you bring up that this is like the least sexy, you know, strategy in real estate investing. But, you know, I've done enough of these interviews and I've talked to enough successful people um, in real estate investing. And I'm starting to learn that the, the I guess, the, the least amount of sex factor or sexiness to it um, usually means you make the most long-term passive income. And those are the people that can be in this uh, industry uh, the longest and they, they lead the, the happiest lives. You know, I, I, I've, I've flipped a ton of houses and, and tried to do the HGTV thing. And, you know, I, I still have houses that I'm flipping and, but, you know, you're still pulling out your hair and, and it's just, there's a lot of stress that goes into it. Um, I, I can just hear it in your voice. It doesn't sound like you have much stress going on in your business. And like you said, you've been able to automate it to where, like you said, 90% of your business is automated. That's amazing. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? How, what systems have you been able to use if you can share or if you're willing to share and, and how have you automated it to this point? Sure, sure. So, you know, being geeky, we hired a developer and we basically um, using like a Zapier.com type APIs. So we created automation. So one of the APIs I love is using lob.com. So all you do then is you upload a list. So let's say I get the assessor list from the county. And then what we do is we make that a CSV file. We scrub that list. We get rid of all the you know, houses and commercial property, industrial property, and we can sort it by use code, let's say VL for vacant land. And then we're going to do one more scrub by acreage size. Because if I send somebody who has 40 acres the same offer as somebody with one acre, that 40 acre person is going to send me back glitter in the mail. So then we scrub it again, we price it, we upload it into our software, and then the software talks to Lob. Lob sends out the offers automatically. And then when those offers come back, we have an intake manager. So the intake manager then handles those phone calls because sometimes, uh, or the letters, so sometimes the sellers just want to yell at me, right? Um, 
and sometimes they want to sell or sometimes they're confused. So the intake manager handles that process. We used to do it with a um, a uh, a zap with I would use like Ring Central, and then I'd have a zap to Fancy Hands with a Evernote uh, system or in a format for FAQs and and, and here's here's your script to to do the qualification of the seller. But we actually just hired an intake manager um, to do that. Now the intake manager qualifies the seller and then in our system lets our acquisition manager know this person's going to sell. The acquisition manager then um, takes all that information and then we have an office in the Philippines and we have access to an American title company. So our VAs in the Philippines do all our due diligence. So they do the title search, they get the GIS maps, they get the Google Earth maps, they get the plat maps, um, they get pictures, and they get everything that we need for a marketing package that a buyer's gonna wanna know on the other end of it. So then that costs us about $11, then we buy the property, and then the VAs then again go ahead and upload all the, the uh, neighbors into our program, we send out our neighbor letters, and then we begin the marketing process um, within the software so that um, our VAs can just go in and start you know, using our Excel spreadsheet of headlines and copy, copy and paste into the various platforms that we want to sell. Then we monitor that. We get an alarm if the property doesn't sell within 30 days or less. We readjust our pricing. And then when we sell that property, um, the acquisition manager will sell it. We use a program called geekpay.io that gets our down payment and then automates the entire process. Um, what used to take us 20 minutes in paperwork between a land sales contract, a purchase sale agreement, and a promissory note now takes two seconds. So using that software, that's all automated. Um, it goes out via DocuSign. Um, they sign it, and then we automate the back end using geekpay.io where we collect the monthly payments via ACH and it just automatically hits the ACH. If the ACH fails, it'll hit a credit card as a backup on file. And it's awesome because the borrower never needs to call me anymore and say, hey, Mark, what's my current balance? They can log in and see it. They never have to call me anymore and say, hey, Mark, can I make a prepayment this month? They can go in and see it. I don't have to do collection calls anymore. Everything's automated notifications. And so if you know we've got about a 5% default rate, so if they do default, that's all automated as well. So I spend about two hours a week uh, working in Frontier Properties. That is, uh, that's incredible. Sometimes when I hear these stories, I wonder how businesses were ever run before technology and this <laughs> automation. I mean, it's incredible to see how streamlined you have your business now. Um, it, it's just uh it, it's a great time to run a business. I, I tell people all the time, it's a great, great time to be an entrepreneur and, and be in real estate investing. And the, the automation that you can implement in your business is incredible nowadays. So before we got started, you, you told me that you just finished, uh, or you're about to release, um, a, a book. Why don't you talk about that? Well, thank you, RJ. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I, I have, I'm like a published author now. I've got leather bound <laughs> books. I'm a oh, very I, big I, deal, RJ. I wanted you to talk about your worldwide book tour that you're about to go on. I'm launching in Australia <laughs> at uh, the local Barnes and Noble. It's uh, 
It's going to set the world on fire. It's called Dirt Rich. How one ambitiously lazy geek created passive income in real estate without renters, renovations, and rehabs. Um, and so it basically talks literally about my story um, and my journey and then more of a how-to business book about what we're talking about um, much more in detail in the book. And uh, it, it probably will be bigger than Rich Dad, Poor Dad series if I had to guess. <laughs> it probably will be just because uh i'm announcing it on this podcast which is uh you know i i think uh i think recently we we actually uh cracked the top 200 on uh, top investing podcasts for like uh, 30 minutes so i mean with the power of this podcast you you definitely will will pass up old robert kiyosaki easily Thank you, RJ. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, I mean, if the listeners want to learn more, they can go to landgeek.com forward slash dirt rich. Um, they can download for free the first chapter. And then we're going to have lots of good, you know, lots of goodies to go along with the book. Because just between you and me and RJ, you know, just between the two of us um, in our little land investing niche, we've probably got a, an audience of about, you know, my, my wife, my kids. Um, <laughs> My family. So, you know, maybe 50 people are interested in this book right now. Hey, you know what? I'll just keep downloading the first chapter over and over and it'll make you feel better. So, no, I, I really appreciate it. You know, my, my ego is so bruised and beaten that uh, <laughs> it's okay. I can deal with it's it. It's okay, man. Hey, I'm going to tell you this is joking, all joking aside. There will be somebody that listens to this, and and this will change their life. Like they will be able to go out there and and say, because I know plenty of wholesalers and and even just you know rehabbers that they they get leads like this and they just pass on them. And I'll be honest with you, I I was one of them for a while. I mean, um, it actually got to the point where we were passing on so many just raw land leads that eventually I was like, let's just make an offer on one of them and see if we have buyers for it, if we get one. So we got one under contract and we blasted out to our buyers list and it was sold within two and a half minutes of the email being blasted out. And I was like, oh my goodness, rewind, like go back, make offers on all of the land. I can't believe we've been passing on this. Um, but you know, as a wholesaler, don't automatically assume what your buyers want. You know, I mean, we, uh, we did not realize that we had buyers just waiting for, for raw vacant land, um, that we were just passing on. And so, um, it, it's one of those things that you just have to be cognizant of. And, and maybe this interview will make somebody aware of how to properly analyze it and, uh, and, and go out and, and make a change in their, in their business. So one of the things I always like to ask our guests is to get a better understanding of kind of what your why is and, and what your driving force behind creating this business. And, and obviously it was, you know, you touched on, you know, you were miserable in your, your previous career um, and, and you want to make enough passive income to support your family. But outside of that, um, what's the driving force behind what you do? Yeah. I mean, so now the, the why has shifted, like in the beginning, you're right. Like it was pretty much, Hey, I never want to, you know, have to update my resume again. And, you know, now I'm, you know, I've been doing this full time since 2001. I'm, I'm happily unemployable. So now my, my why is really to be the pebble in the pond, right? So if you take a pebble and it makes an impact, right? And then it ripples out 
beyond where that impact was. So RJ, if I can help you eliminate money stress, right? Like let's just say there's three big buckets of stress in everyone's life, especially if you're married, right? So let's just say it's money, sex, and the kids, right? Well, I can't help you with the other two, but I make the argument, if I can eliminate money stress from your life, right? I believe that that frees up oceans of energy for you to improve every facet of your relationships. And ultimately, I think that's really where it all, all the happiness in life comes from. At the end of our lives, we're going to look back at the quality of our relationships. Well, if our relationships are tainted with so much stress about money and security and, you know, I've got to do this for time and it's, it can really just affect people so negatively. And so if I can help them in any way, uh, either eliminate or reduce that big bucket of stress, I think that that impact then ripples out and can affect everybody, every area of that person's life to really improve the important relationships in their life. And um, that's really my why now. Absolutely, man. Why? I appreciate what you're doing and, and, you know, so many people, they go out and they find a niche or they find a way to create something for themselves and they don't, they don't reciprocate that. They don't share it with other people. And, and so, um, you know, in real estate investing, there's a lot of people that get a bad name for trying to be a quote unquote guru. Um, but that's not what you are. Um, you are, you are sharing your experiences and, and you're trying to better people's lives and, um, I, you know, I thank you for that. I appreciate what you're trying to do. And, um, thank you so much for coming on the show today for everyone that's listening. If they want to reach out and contact you, what's a, what's the best way they can contact you? I think the best way is just go to the and they can download for free, uh, our passive income blueprint, the ebook, how to avoid the three fatal land buying mistakes, and then get our art of art of passive income podcast delivered each week to their email inbox. Hopefully, RJ, you'll, you'll come on my podcast. And then if they email support at thelandgeek.com and just put in the subject line RJ or Titanium Vault, uh, we'll send them for free uh, our Passive Income Launch Kit course, which is normally $97. We'll just give it to them for free as a, as a thank you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Um, I'll put all of that in the show notes. And uh, as far as the invitation to your podcast, the only thing that can be, you know, more more boring than land investing is having me on as a guest. So I would be honored to be on there to put your guests to sleep and uh, tell them what I do, which I almost think is quite it's almost as simple as what you do. Um, I just do it with houses compared to land. So, I'll tell you what, my 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 listeners would love it. They would love it. We <laughs> we, we are a geeky bunch. There you go. We'll, we'll have to get that arranged, and I would love to be on there. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, RJ. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.